All right, we got a lot of comments starting to fly in now. As my God, the Milwaukee Bucks get absolutely obliterated last night by the Brooklyn Nets. The, the game? All right, Rowdy. No, RJ, I know for a fact that you were like, okay, I'm going to watch some playoff NHL hockey instead. Uh, our guy, Cole Caulfield, former Wisconsin Badger, tell the folks before we just start ripping into the Milwaukee Bucks, tell the fine folks what Cole Caulfield, uh, former Wisconsin Badger, did for the Habs. Uh, well, they last night they swept the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, moving into the Stanley Cup semifinals, since they're not really calling them the semi, the, yeah. uh, the conference finals this year. Um, and uh, yeah, set up the uh, game-winning goal with the uh, with the assist, uh, and the the Habs move on. It's all about the Habs and the Habs not. And last night the Habs had it with Cole Caulfield with the game-winning assist. Well done, yeah. well done, Cole. I know our guy Jocko is probably pretty pumped about that. We'll talk to him tomorrow at 8.30. But, all right, so, RJ, you, what you watch, probably a lot better than what Rowdy and I uh, subjected ourselves to last night as the Bucks lost by 39 points. In fact, it got so bad, so bad that – well, it's like that accident on the belt line. It's like you know that it happened and you want to look away, but you just can't help but watch. Even my wife, my <laughs> wife was like, "Why are you still watching this game?" She's like, "It's over." She hates sports. Yeah, like she's, it's over. I go, "Well, Jenny, it's just you know, I just can't it's look away. Job. I can't look away." And as I'm watching it, I'm just getting angry, and I'm watching you know Giannis Adendakumbo not be able to do absolutely anything outside the paint. Giannis all regular season, beast out. He was in the third. He averaged in the 30s against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, in the regular season. He would get to the rack, he'd throw it down, he'd get a double-double, maybe a triple-double. He was a beast. Giannis Dendekubo in the postseason, especially last night, I don't think he ever drove to the rack once. And if he did, it was abysmal. He, outside the paint, he'd settle for mid-range jumpers and a couple three-pointers. He, he can't hit those. There was that pissing me off. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is the Milwaukee Bucks number two, a guy who signed a gigantic, massive contract. He has been absolutely terrible in back-to-back games in the second round of the playoffs. Last night, he had the worst plus-minus on the floor. He was minus 30. That means when he's on the court, the team is minus 30 points worse. It's bad. It's not good. This is not good. So Chris Middleton has a number two. That was upsetting me. And then Rowdy threw one out there, too. Other role players. As other role players, really, you know, Drew Holiday in the first game didn't really – he was okay, I guess. Drew Holiday last night was okay, I guess. He still was – other role players were just not there. And then it went to Mike Budenholzer's coaching as well. Right? I mean, Rowdy, when you were watching it last night, what were you thinking? A lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the thing that bugged me the most. I think it's Chris Middleton as a number two. Because I've seen it for three years now. For me, it's a culmination of all – it's a culmination of the top three – it's it's the Giannis not being able to score outside of the paint. It's the Chris Middleton being one of the lesser twos in the league that some people think is actually legitly a good player and a good number two. And then it's Budenholzer not making any adjustments. And it's the same thing you see with him over and over, whether it was him with the Milwaukee Bucks or him with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, is, I, this isn't a new thing for Budenholzer. No, and that's why he never won anything with the Hawks when they had really good, talented rosters, and they would 
one, kind of like the Bucks, led the or led the uh, East in wins and got the one seed before, or they were continuously a top two ish seed, and they could never get over the hump in the playoffs. It was the same old song, song and dance. dance. But in this poll, I voted for Giannis not being able to score outside of the paint. Yeah, you can't. And but I guess. See, since those three things are so closely intertwined, it's it's hard to just pick one without bitching about all three. Yeah. So I'm going to bitch about all three. But I ended <laughs> oh, up. Oh yeah, we're definitely bitching about all I three. I ended up selecting Giannis not being able to score outside of the paint because another thing I think you saw is once he knows he's struggling shooting free throws that night, he quits attacking because he's when frustrated. he attacks, he knows he's going to get fouled and therefore go to the line where he can't make them. Yeah. Giannis was two for seven on the charity stripe. No other starter for the Buck Bucks even got to shoot a free throw. The only other person who shot two free throws was Giannis's brother Thanasis. The the Adenda Kumbos shot four for nine from the charity stripe, and Thanasis was a hundred percent. Two for two. Okay, so like looking at the Bucks going into the series before the series started, what did we say where the Bucks would have the advantage? Because we talked about how the Nets. They have the better top three players. They had three guys that were top 15 in the league where the Bucks had just one. Mm-hmm. And Rowdy, the crazy part is James Harden, one of those three, has only played two minutes in uh, game one and two combined. He had two minutes in game one. He's been hurt. Well, the one place where we thought that the Bucks would have a would have a real like leg up in this series is their size and down low. And so far through two games, I think you can say the Bucks have been more dominant in the paint, and the Bucks have out rebounded the Nets in both games. Mm-hmm. Now it, it also, you know, it, it it's a little misleading, I guess you could say, because in the NBA, you don't like to swap three pointers for two pointers. But the biggest thing for me is with the Bucks, they clearly have a leg up inside. And what did you see in game two? They didn't go inside Nothing. hardly at all. Nothing. And they now, quit. Now I'm fine with, you know, like a Brooke Lopez, who's also a guy that's been a decent rim protector for you, stepping outside because he can make those threes. He can make those shots. But I don't know how many times I saw at one point when both Lopez and Giannis were out on the court. Nobody was in the paint. No. Every single player for the Milwaukee Bucks was out on the perimeter. And then, like, Giannis would chuck up a three. Or Chris Middleton would chuck up a three. Obviously, they missed. And you have nobody (laughs) down under the basket to rebound the basketball. It was maddening. And it kept happening. Yeah, and they kept doing the same thing. Drive or possession after possession after possession. And I'm sorry, but watching... we don't apologize. I'm watching these Bucks team and and Giannis play out there. And in a half-court set, I'm sorry, but Giannis never needs to touch the ball outside of the paint. Get him down low. Let the man do his thing. Especially That's what he does best. in a series against uh, the the Nets that don't necessarily have a guy that matches up well with him defensively down there, or even no one has a kind of the the girth of Lopez down there and the size of 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 Lopez. Yeah, he seriously does not need to touch the ball in a half court set if he's not in the paint. It's because it's maddening. Look at those jumpers that Giannis made in the first two games. All the jumpers he made were like those. Uh, one-footed jumpers where he's still touching the paint every single time, where yeah. he's kind of like backing him down and then fades away or kind of leans in. 
That's the only jumpers that he's made. Yeah. How many times did he just randomly pull up? That's the other thing. Just he randomly pull pulls up. up for three when they're when he's when yeah, he's bad. the guy bringing up the court. You can't shoot. So, all right, 608-321-1670. I see the phone lines blowing up. Milwaukee got embarrassed. They lost by 39 points. The Bucks trailed by 17 points at the end of the first quarter, 24 points at half, 30 going into the fourth quarter, and then we're down as almost by 49 points in the fourth. And real quick, that's also on Bud because why in the hell are you having Giannis out on the perimeter and not telling him your ass doesn't shoot the ball from behind the arc? All right, we're going to the phones. Uh, line one, welcome to the show. Who's this? Uh, Ryan from Dodgeville. Hey, Ryan, what's up, dude? Help, oh, help me, Ryan. Right. Help me. You're a smart guy. You're from Dodgeville like I am. Help me. I'm trying to figure out why the Bucks go away from their game and are trying to do this fast, quick shooting three-pointers like Brooklyn does when that's not their style at all. Uh, did you watch the whole game last night or did you tap out? I tapped out at halftime. Yeah, that's smart man, Ryan. Smarter than I. I don't know. I, I watched the whole thing. It was terrible. Yeah. I'm mean, a glutton I, for punishment. Yeah. Dude, uh, Ryan, so what, the, what makes you the most upset as a Bucks fan? Is it, you know, Mike Budenholzer's coaching in the playoffs? Is it Chris Middleton's not a true number two? Is it Giannis outside the paint? Do you have a specific gripe on the Bucks? Well, I'd, I'd probably have to say Middleton, the fact that he didn't make his first shot until, what, nine minutes left in the second quarter, eight minutes left in the second quarter? Dude, he was 0 for 8 to start the game. Well, Ryan, at halftime, you had uh, Kevin Durant had 21 points by himself, and uh, Giannis and Middleton combined for 14. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it like the Nets weren't even running the shot clock down that much, and they were still getting four passes off and getting open shots. And it's just they were working the ball around. The Bucks weren't. Ryan, uh, to Rowdy's point, what uh, he just said, Drew Holiday, 10 points. Middleton had eight. Giannis had six at halftime. They combined to make over $83 million. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's I any know, shot they're... they come back and win this thing? Uh, there, well, there's always a shot. I mean, okay. you, could, you could always come back, make it 2-2, and put more pressure on them as you go back. And, and So you're telling me there's a chance, Ryan. Yeah. I know. There was one point I was watching in the first quarter where – Durant went for that dunk and lost the ball, and the refs called a foul. And the only thing I saw was Durant holding on to Lopez's jersey. I'm like, okay, where was the foul there? Yeah, you get that a lot in NBA games, though, you know. But yes, yeah, but well, to your point, yes, it's yeah. maddening. The refs definitely got caught up in the game with the crowd mm-hmm. for for a few minutes stretch, but it wasn't their fault. I mean, when you're down. What was it, 30-11 to 11 in the first quarter? <laughs> <laughs> There's not really much you can do. No. Oh, Ryan, uh, real quick before I let you go, my man, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers watch. We sick of it? Rodgers going to be wearing the green and gold coming up here, or are you done with uh, number 12? I think he's he's either going to retire or just sit out this year and wait till they move him. I I don't know. I don't see him coming back because I think he doesn't want Gutekunst, and I don't see him really getting rid of him or moving Gutekunst out of there. Yeah, totally. Hey, Ryan. You... They're, they're both going to do the, the usual Wisconsin thing and just stand pat where they're both at. <laughs> God, I laugh so I don't cry. Ryan, nice hearing from you, man. Yeah, good to hear from you, too. <laughs> Take care, buddy. There he is. Good stuff. Ryan from Dodgeville. Uh, let's go to line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Uh, this is Pete from Anona. Pete, yeah, Pete, help, help me somehow. Well, uh, first of all, I, I'm making a prediction. One of the talking heads on uh, uh, FS1 or on ESPN. This, I mean, after the Bucks lose in, in five, they're going to start saying Giannis is uh, Giannis is to start thinking about moving someplace where you can win, and and that you watch people are going to ask him about that, and it's going to get in his head. 
Oh yeah. And they and they spent all that money. You you taxpayers who you know Lucy picked up the football again on Charlie Brown, and they got <laughs> you to build that Pfizer Forum, which like doubled the price of the franchise. And and the idea was, you know, we're going to keep. Uh, we need it because we got to keep uh, Giannis here. Well, Giannis, you know, watch when they start talking about that. Hey, brother, you gotta you gotta move someplace where you can win. You can't do it in Milwaukee. Then all of a sudden, you know, it, the speculation is just going to grow because oh, yeah. you got you got talk radio talk. You know, it talk writes itself, Pete. Right? It writes itself. They're already yeah. they're already writing the scripts for it. Yeah, right. And and you know the the the, the well, I'm one of the few people that actually saw the Bucks win their championship and who isn't in memory care. And the reason why the reason why they won is because Oscar Robertson got tired of losing in Cincinnati. So he I mean he was a little bit uh uh, challenge, weight challenge, but he was enough to come over and play with Kareem. Otherwise, in that they they wouldn't have done it either. I mean, in 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 basketball, you 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 really legitimately have to have you know at least two superstars, and 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 the Bucks probably have one. They don't have two. Yeah. And 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 it's hard for you know. I mean, really, everybody can offer a max co- uh, contract. So what's the other attraction? And they all play in nice arenas. So what's the attraction for coming there? I mean, you know, you may end up at a jewelry store with the, you know, the windows, uh, mm. the doors the locked. And on the, you. Yeah, right. So what? What is the attraction? I mean, but they got, you know. So my my biggest beef is that the, you know, the the taxpayers put out that money yeah, that. for that place, you know. So that and and you watch. I mean, I it, once they lose in five games, he he he's going to be out of here in two years. Yeah, Pete, wouldn't you put a little bit of that on Giannis when he's been vocal about he wanted Chris Middleton to get paid, he wanted to play with Chris Middleton, when I think a lot of people would say I'd rather have put my money somewhere else than Chris Middleton? Well, you know, I mean, I know I don't put that on him because he had to have another warm body, but the guy's just not a – he's not a superstar. He's not. Chris Middleton and, and, or you know, uh, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Who else were who were they going to get to come to Milwaukee? I mean, you had to deal, deal with. You know, that's the best that they could do. Pete, there's so, uh, Clay Thompson. You know, the name Clay Thompson. The Bucks could have drafted him, and he said he wakes up and thanks God every day that the Bucks didn't take him because he doesn't want to be in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, you know, it's too bad. I mean, some people like living there, and you know, but but I I it it, it I mean. You can't get anybody to go to Chicago, which is a big city with with a lot of media. They all want to go to the Sun Belt. Yeah. They they don't really even want to go play for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So you know, really, I I mean, it, it's it's too bad. And now they've got that brand spanking new white elephant. You know, and, and I think if you're, and, a, if you're a hedge fund manager and you're a billionaire and millionaire, you should pay for your own stadium. I think that's, that's you should pay for your own stadium. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Well, anyway, but have a nice are. day. You too, Pete. See you, buddy. All right, boys. Real quick, though, let's uh, let's 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 take a step back. Milwaukee Bucks. Everyone getting a little upset, and rightfully so. It was uh, pretty bad. Milwaukee Brewers back at it tonight, though, against the Cincinnati Reds. Come on, Brewers. Yeah. RJ just said uh, uh, during commercial break he must have looked at the NL scores. I did. Guess who beat the Guess who beat uh, the Cubs yesterday? The San Diego Padres. Yeah. You know what that means, Rowdy? 
Brewers are alone, first place, first NL place Central. Woo-hoo. In the NL Central for your Milwaukee Brewers. There's something positive. There you go. All right, boys, now back to the BS. All right, when it comes to playoff losses, where does last night stack up in all of Wisconsin sports? Was that one of the, or if not the most embarrassing, worst playoff performance you had ever seen from a Wisconsin sports team? I'm talking professional. Packers, Brewers, obviously Bucks. See, I feel like it's a lot easier for Bucks losses like this to roll off your shoulders because, one, I feel like people have more eggs in their Packer, Badger, Brewer baskets than they would uh, in their Bucks basket, I think, overall. Yeah. But also, you have to remember that in basketball, more so than football, is it's a series. So one game is one game when you potentially play seven. Obviously in football, like a, a Seattle backbreaker. But is that little... embarrassing? Like, is, is the Seattle game embarrassing? Last night was absolutely embarrassing. But you forget about the embarrassment if they somehow won the series. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was embarrassing when the Packers lose to the Seahawks. I say that is just one of those unexplainable, your jaw hits the floor, the Packers had a 99.98% chance of winning. I'd say it was embarrassing when they got absolutely owned by the Falcons. Yep, that's uh, embarrassing. Yeah. That's definitely or, embarrassing. Or the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, you could say, so the Falcons game, you got a guy who should be selling used cars covering Julio Jones. In the Bucks' embarrassing loss last night, you have a back-to-back MVP in Giannis Adenokounmpo who can't do anything. You have Chris Middleton, who gets paid almost supermax money to be your number two, and you are expected, well, I guess the Nets are a higher seed, but you are expected to you know, show your worth in the second round and move on. Last night, 39-point loss. That could be up there with that Falcons loss. I don't know why you're you're hating on Ladarius Gunter. He had a nice career between the NFL, AAF, and XFL. <laughs> it stretched for a lot longer than people think. Well, <laughs> is there a Ladarius Gunter on the Milwaukee Bucks roster? Yeah, it's uh Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Well, I mean, he's he doesn't <laughs> yeah. start. He played what 4 minutes last night? Um didn't didn't Gunter play the entire game? Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh Thanasis played 9 minutes. And that was the final 9 minutes. Of the game. Still had two free throws. Four. Yeah. Uh, no, two. You know, two for two? Two for yeah. two. Two for two. Oh, where does it stack up for embarrassing losses? Because it was tough. Uh, the Bucks also lost by 54 to the Chicago Bulls in game five of the 2015 playoffs. But that was one of those times when you're like, okay, I think Giannis is going to be good. We have a little something brewing here. Is that one where Giannis was tossed? When he, when he outright tackled... The former Buck um, Dunleavy, Mike Dunleavy. Yeah, was that a was that the playoff game or was that a regular season game? I thought that was a playoff game. Uh, it could have been, but my God, last night was absolutely abysmal. And uh, I have comments here but from. Do you really think about that game like as being embarrassing? Even though they got absolutely smoked by no, the Bulls, because like, I, no. I didn't expect. You can't even remember what if it was a playoff game. I didn't. A- <laughs> Did you expect the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the NBA Finals that season? I didn't. This season, you can make the case you'd expect the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the finals because look at how many years in a row now that they've uh, assembled this cast, have an MVP, have one of the best records in the NBA, if not the best, and then you just get throttled by 39 points. Is it time to break up the nucleus? You got to do something. Blow it up. Got to do something. You can't, well, especially with the money because you have a lot of money obviously tied to Giannis now with the Supermax. You have a lot of money tied to Chris Middleton with his uh, just under a Supermax. 
and you have a lot of money tied to uh, Holiday since he uh, signed that extension. Those are the three guys you have moving forward unless you come up with a trade. There's not a whole lot of money to be thrown around here for the next foreseeable no. future. Uh, at halftime, Drew Holiday had 10 points. Chris Middleton had 8 points. Giannis Ndokounmpo had 6. They combined to make $83 million. But that's my other big thing. It's like, if you don't have money, you're going to have to somehow get lucky in the draft, but we know the NBA draft, if you don't have a top five pick, yeah, good luck finding an impact player. Yeah. And then with uh, the guys that they have on the roster, now obviously Dante DiVincenzo, he is hurt. He's out for the rest of the, the playoffs. They didn't have him against Brooklyn. Okay. But uh, do you really think there's a ton of guys that are going to make huge steps from where they're currently at no. on the roster? No. Exactly. You think so Chris if, Middleton is making some step next year? No, he he is what he is. <laughs> like, do you think Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to develop an outside three no. point shot like Kevin Durant? No. Do you think? Um, I mean, Drew Holiday's solid. He's nice. Like, but, but Drew Holiday's good. But he's he's pretty good everywhere. But yeah. he's not great anywhere. Yeah, he's just solid all around. And he's been in the league now for quite a while. I don't think he's going to get better. The the Brook Lopez's of the world, I don't think that he's going to get better. Obviously the no. PJ Tuckers of the world aren't going well, everyone to get we're talking better. about been, been like exactly. their over 10 year careers in the NBA. I don't think they're going to be getting <laughs> then you look at, anything, they're going to be getting worse. You look at the other players that are younger on their roster. A lot of them like the Pat Connaughton's. I think Pat Connaughton's kind of maxed out for what he is in the NBA. The only two players that I think have chances at getting better, and I don't really believe in Giannis getting a ton better because I don't believe he can develop the outside shot, is Dante DiVincenzo, who you don't have. Yep. But that's one guy on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and is he going to be the difference to take you to a finals no. next year? No. It's <laughs> And then you got to the do something. The only other thing that you can do besides get lucky and find some uh, really diamonds in the rough in the draft, which odds of that are really low. Yep. Spend maybe a little bit more money, but it's not enough money to bring in like a James Harden is one find a new coach and hope that ignites something or changes something. Maybe he makes adjustments or two blow it up. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's not a winner. This it's is a nice team. It's not a winner. It's not a playoff. It's not a win you a championship team. You have some pieces. All right. Giannis Dendekumbo after the game comments from him. He is uh, staying even keeled. I guess that's the only thing you really can do in this situation. Here is uh, the Greek freak. You have kept a pretty even keel. That has been what you've done all season long. How important is that these next couple of days, I guess, going into game three, and even, for that matter, the start of game three with a full arena for the first time, to sort of stay on that emotional level plane, even though you know, you're down 0-2? See, that's what I do. You know, um I didn't, I didn't get too high, I didn't get too low. Um, you know, even after the, the Miami series, you know, we was up 4-0. Coming to this series, I wasn't, I wasn't high. Now we're down 2-0. I'm not low. You know, I'm just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Keep trusting my work. Keep trusting my teammate. Uh, keep believing in the team. Keep believing in the habits we built. All year, and hopefully, um, game three we get a win. Not get too high, not get too low. Well, let's see right now. You are the lowest of low. You just got beat by 39 points. I would recommend maybe trying to get high. I'm not talking on marijuana or any drugs. Get your emotions high and try to do something for game three at the Pfizer Forum. 
Because if you're going to stay not too high or not too low and this is going to continue to happen, well, you're going to be swept. And you'll be out of the series in two more games. Uh, that's pretty simple. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Nathan, what's up? Nathan, what's up, brother? So, you know, you're talking about the Brewers and the Bucks. kind of funny how if you would have went five, ten years ago, we wouldn't be sitting here complaining about them getting knocked out of the second round of the playoffs. Making the playoffs would have been just a goal that you even had. You know, so it's kind of a nice problem to have, but now it sucks that we can't get over the hump. How many times do you see a championship team where either a guy who's a little long in the tooth or just a semi-role player steps up? You know, you can't just depend on your big three guys Somebody else has got to step up. Well, Nathan, to your point, the- man, to your point, I remember when the Bucks got beat by the Toronto Raptors, there was this guy named Fred Van Vliet out of Rockford. Rockford. That came out of nowhere to step up. Like, to, yes, you need someone else to step up, and no one's doing that. And, and I guess the most embarrassing part about last night's loss is they did it without Harden. Like, they didn't even have the big three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It's tough, dude. I, <laughs> I'm kind of speechless besides, you know, the point I made. I, I don't well, know. I know you're totally right, man. There's no other role player stepping up, and the fact that they did it without James Harden makes it even more disgusting. I mean, it's like they came up, slapped you in the mouth, took your lunch money, and you just sat in the corner and cried. Yep. Brutal, dude. Nathan, thanks so much, man. <sighs> I need some. Uh, I need to drown my sorrows in Luigi's. See you, brother. So today has been a lot of... Uh, bitching and moaning, more or less bitching about the Milwaukee Bucks and that abysmal performance, if you could even call it a performance, last night in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center as they get absolutely throttled by the Nets. It was bad. That was one of the most, if not the most embarrassing loss in professional sports here in Wisconsin in quite some time. But Rowdy, looking at our Twitter poll, what frustrates you the most as a Milwaukee Bucks fan? Mike Budenholzer's coaching, Giannis is outside the paint, his play outside the paint, Chris Middleton is your number two, or the other role players. Now, the other role players was one added at the end because Twitter has four options. We needed to fill it out. We don't expect the other role players to be winning this poll. But right now, 36% of the vote of uh, the smartest listeners out there, our listeners, go to Mike Budenholzer's coaching. That's number one. Giannis's play outside of the paint, 27% that's second. And Chris Middleton as a number two is third at 25%. You voted for Giannis's play outside the paint, correct? Yeah. And the biggest reason why I voted for that is, don't get me wrong, I was calling for Bud to be fired after the bubble. <laughs> yes, so he was. I'm all in favor for it now. <laughs> like, I think in my opinion, I don't think the guy should be coming back as a head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks unless they win the championship. Well, I was going to ask, should he be coming back as the coach for game three, Thursday night at the Pfizer? Depending on when you asked me last night, I'd have a different answer for you. That was tough. But uh, going back to Giannis and why I selected Giannis and not being able to make buckets outside of the paint is because when you watched him, one, this could be somewhat coaching too. He's he's a guy when he's dribbling up was pulling up for threes when no one's even under the hoop. It's mind boggling because he didn't make one. And he hasn't made them at a good clip, not only for this series, not only for the year, but for his entire career. Because everyone is known from the start, that's one of his big things. He hasn't been able to develop an outside shot. Then you also look at what he can't do very well consistently. 
and that's make free throws. Oh my god. And that's that's another big thing that Terrible. having your best player who we know he's great at slashing and getting to the basket. He's a beast at it. But then he gets hesitant to do that because all of a sudden they're down big and obviously 3 is greater than 2 when it comes to making threes versus uh twos. Yep. But then he when he does get fouled He's not confident at the line. He just goes and breaks it up there. Honestly, do you think that's why he takes so long to shoot his free throws? It's like he's thinking about stuff. It's all in between the ears. Because, I mean, how many times do you, even if you were at a park, someone throws you the basketball if you're at the free throw line? And you're up within a couple seconds. Yeah, totally. You're was... not thinking. You're just you're just shooting. But then again, we're not in a full arena with no, people cheering us on. No, but he sits there and takes forever. You got to think that something's <laughs> well, going got, through. And his against head. the Heat, he got called for a 10 second violation. He actually had the ball for 13 seconds standing there at the free throw line. Well, that's where he gets hesitant, I think, to start to continue to drive to the basket because all of a sudden he's starting to have in the back of his head, "Oh, I'm not making my free throws tonight." Yeah. And that's what you need him to do. And I said so, this: he does not in a half court set. He does not ever need to be touching the ball outside of the paint. No. Like, that's where so his go-to you went, is. you went Giannis And that's why I went there, because it's frustrating. He's supposed to be your superstar. He's supposed to be a guy that, you know, when times are tough. Take over. He takes over and can win a series for you against a high level, and he just can't do that. And it's so frustrating because right, we'll you g- see him be great, but at the same time, it's... Ugh. We'll continue to talk about it. I'll tell you where I voted. It's not Rianis, and it's not Budenholzer. It's not the other role players. I'm looking at Chris Middleton. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey. Hey, one second, buddy. All right, so when it comes to Chris Middleton, Rowdy, Chris Middleton is... Uh, I was once a big Chris Middleton guy. I was once someone that really, really supported and loved what Chris Middleton brought to the table. Then as the years ticked on and the brick after brick or not even showing up in a big-time series continued to happen, when the Bucks gave Chris Middleton that gigantic contract, not a super max, but, you know, close, I was like, well, who else are you going to get here? Who else is better? I was like, okay, I understand it. I get it. Now I look at that contract, and I think to myself, what a waste of money. Chris Middleton this year is making over $33 million. Giannis Adenakumo this year is only making $27 million. Chris Middleton was the highest paid player out there on the court. Chris Middleton's plus minus was negative 30, the worst on the court for the Milwaukee Bucks. He was 3 of 8 from the three-point land, 7 of 20 overall for field goals, never even attempted a free throw. And was just, for two games in a row now, in a big-time series against a big-time team in the Nets, abysmal. The Brooklyn Nets have a big three. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Here's the thing. James Harden didn't play last night. In fact, he only played two minutes of game one with a hamstring injury. The Milwaukee Bucks' alleged big three, Giannis Adenikumbo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is maybe the only guy earning his paycheck right now. If, if, maybe, I should say, maybe earning his paycheck right now. In what universe is Chris Middleton, and I can't believe there's still people out there, proclaiming that he is a true, legit number two. He's not a number two. I'll give him maybe a number three at best. Chris Middleton. Rowdy, if the Bucks are going to win a championship, Giannis is Robin. Who's Batman? Chris Middleton? I don't even know what he is. Well, Chris Middleton is... He's not a number two, to put it polite. He's not a number two, Rowdy. What is Chris Middleton? 
He's a nice player. And in the regular a, season. And, he, and he's a good regular season player. But he's not a clutch player. Even no. though he had a game-winning shot against the Heat. That's fine. Chris Over, Middleton will do that, though. In op- I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. Chris Middleton against the Detroit Pistons in round one, maybe the Miami Heat in round one this year. He will he will get you some game winners. He will get you some nice performances against lesser teams. But I think it was when Ryan called in earlier. I said at halftime, you had Giannis and Middleton, your best two players, your one-two punch, had a combined 14 points. <laughs> Kevin Durant by himself had 21 points. When you, when you go to the end of the game and you look at the – uh, Milwaukee Bucks big three in Giannis, Middleton, and uh, Holiday. That big three, not only were they outscored by the the Brooklyn big two, but it, it's in, it's embarrassing because you have you have those big three. They're scoring forty eight points together. <laughs> forty eight. Forty eight. We've seen games where Giannis by himself has scored forty eight. Now I'm. That's asking a little much for that. But the three of them combined for 48. You look at just Durant and Irving, 54 <laughs> for just those two. Those two are outplaying those three. And then we're not even mentioning the guys coming off uh, the lesser known players uh, making baskets for the Knicks or for the net, the Nets, like Joe Harris, like Blake Griffin, guys that are stepping up and playing well. Or I'm getting upset. Energy. I'm getting upset. Chris Middleton. Okay. Chris Middleton last night missed his first eight shots. He did not score a bucket till the second quarter. Chris Middleton missed his first eight shots, making him six for 31 at that point in the series after his de- terrible game one. He missed his first eight three-point attempts in the series before hitting his last two of the first half. Chris Middleton, before he made his first bucket yesterday, was 6 for 31. Tell me in what universe is a legit number 2 going to be 6 for 31 until he finally makes his first bucket in the second half? Well, on these airwaves since 2018, I think I would be described by most listeners as a Bucks hater. Correct. I'd just like to correct that and say a Bucks realist. <laughs> You've because, been waiting on that for a couple of years, haven't you? Because if you remember correctly, ooh, when it was the summer of re-signing Chris Middleton, I had you said Clay Thompson. I wanted them to go out and get Clay Thompson, who, by the way, <laughs> had just torn his Achilles and said, "I would never play in Milwaukee." He said, he, th- "Rowdy." He said he wakes up every morning and thanks God that he doesn't play for the Milwaukee Bucks. I told you I would rather throw all his the words. cash in the world at a guy with a torn ACL <laughs> and doesn't want to play in the city than Chris Middleton. I think that tells you where I stand on Chris Middleton and if he can be a number two and if he can actually help win a championship. Listen, if we're if we're gonna hang banners for I regular season, guy that wouldn't play the next year. Yeah, if we're gonna hang banners for being good in the regular season, then my God, the Bucks are uh, perennial all stars. The Bucks are where it is at. If you really get off on having a really good record in the regular season, but come playoff time, from Mike Budenholzer and his coaching display or lack thereof. Chris Middleton and him being a number two, Giannis and him for some reason forgetting he can drive to the paint. It's just good night, good night, Michelle. This is my fear because you even said it before we even came on air. We're discussing Giannis's 
is he is he even a superstar now because he's great in the regular season but would you consider him a superstar in the playoffs because he doesn't play like it he doesn't have the game to play like it like when I think of superstars I'm thinking of the LeBron James of the world you know the Steph Curry's the Kevin Durant's the Kawhi Leonard's that can play both sides of the ball make it from anywhere on the court in crunch time and I don't see Giannis as being able to do that do you consider him a superstar yes and then when you said yes you I mean, also, he's a back-to-back MVP. He's a guy that has broken many Bucks records. But He'll that's go to a the Pantheon. Award. Yeah, I mean, he's a superstar, whether you like it or not. In the in the postseason, then you said one thing. What? He's a Robin. Yeah, he's a Robin. So if you have your best player being a Robin, you have to be able to bring in a Batman to win a championship. Yeah, they need if, a. They don't have a big three. They have but, one guy. But here's my thing: if you have a Robin that's your best player, and he's trying to recruit Batman? <laughs> Don't Batmans recruit Robins? Didn't LeBron James to try, and, try and recruit Giannis to come out to L.A. with him? He said no. Exactly. He said no, but what I'm getting at is if you're Robin, it's hard to recruit Batman to come play with you because Batman says, this is my city. You come play with me. Well, yeah. I mean, Giannis is a superstar. There's no way around it, but when it comes to the playoffs, he is a guy that, Listen, the NBA now is set up for a big three to win. That's why, and I guess the Brooklyn Nets right now are bucking that trend just because James Harden is out. But you look at what's around the league. You have multiple superstars on a team together. Chris Middleton, Giannis is a superstar. Chris Middleton's not. Drew Holiday's not. I'm I'm not surprised the Brooklyn Nets are winning the series because I took the Nets to win the series. I thought they were the worst matchup for the Bucks out of the uh, Eastern Conference teams that qualified for the playoffs. Yeah, I still believe that. I'm just disappointed in how ugly the Bucks have played. How how easy Brooklyn has made it looked, especially without having James Harden, one of the big three. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be as insane. easy as it is. And completely honest, I would have expected whether they had James Harden or not that it would be one one. Same. I thought last night the Bucks would come out swinging. Bucks came out. I mean, I don't even think they're. I don't even think they ever mentally even got off the bus. And that's why I'm ready I'm ready to fire Boonholzer, go in an opposite direction, bring in a coach that's willing to make adjustments. You have to. I'm ready to blow up the nucleus, especially because I don't see them coming back and winning. Because, one, I don't see Giannis being able to develop a shot, and I don't think he can ever be the Kawhi Leonard or LeBrons of the world that can put a team on his back and score when needed from any point. There's, There's got to be a change. And, and I just don't know if the Bucks are going to be able to recruit a legit Batman to come to Well, that's to the thing. Who wants, who would, and that's the one major thing that, uh, you know, the cloud hanging over uh, Milwaukee is who wants to come to Milwaukee. But you, at this point, you've spread out the money so much and a lot of it riding on Giannis, Holiday, Middleton. You can't really bring in anyone else that would be, because You'd, you'd admit, if you're going to have to do it with three guys, they have to be a better three guys than Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday are when you add them all. Yeah, up. I mean, look at the Toronto, or the Toronto Raptors. Look at the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and then you have James Harden, who's not playing. I mean, not everyone can be a Batman. You just have three superstars right there. <laughs> the Bucks have Giannis and then some guys that are good in the regular season. <laughs> That's... You look at the team and you're, you're just like... I think you're starting to come around to my side that's saying, I don't think this team can ever win a championship with Giannis being the best player. You, well, you need other superstars around him. You don't have other superstars around him. You, you have some nice regular season players. That's <laughs> what it is. Now, if the Bucks somehow come back and win this series, then 
my God, I will, uh, and Chris Middleton hits a game winner or something, I will get on these airwaves and I will save my one apology I do every month. I'll apologize to Chris Middleton at the end of this month if it somehow turns around and happens. Hell, I'd even do that. Yeah. There you go. Rowdy even apologized. But hey, got to turn our attention now to the Milwaukee Brewers. They had last night off. Hopefully they didn't watch the Bucks and it rubs off on them. Because they're going to Cincinnati to take on the Reds. But before we dive into that, uh, Rowdy, this weekend, starting on, what's that, Friday, but this is for Saturday specifically, you can get your way into the American Family Insurance Championship at University Ridge for free. The only thing you got to do for tickets for Saturday, June 12th, where you can experience Club Strick on that beautiful 17th green with all-you-can-eat food, drinks, TVs everywhere to watch the action and more, all thanks to our friends in Settlers Bank. They're hooking you up, and we are hooking you up with free tickets to that. Go to madcitysportsman.com and go sign up. Going to be beautiful. In fact, we got some golf on the TV right now, Rowdy. We're getting a little eye into some of the guys that are going to be here this weekend. I think this was from over the past weekend. But uh, big shout-out to, uh, to Dickie Pride. Dick Pride out there. He's coming to AmFam. We got some, what, who else? Jim Furyk? He's coming. Freddie Couples. Andy yeah, North. Ernie Els, VJ Singh, John Daly. <laughs> Mike Weir. Cast of characters, man. Can't wait to... John Smoltz is one of the celebrities. Oh, Schmoltzy? Andy North. I'm glad you bring up Schmoltz because we're going to transition right there to baseball. So go sign up now at madcitysportsone.com. And don't forget, since you're there, you might as well sign up for the relief pitcher. Yeah, another baseball-themed thing. Yep, the the commuter this week. Yeah, from uh, One Barrel Brewing Company is our beer of the week. You can sign up to win some uh, for free. Yeah, not only that, it's... Also, you when you're there, you can sign up for beer for a year through uh, Trixie's Liquor. Beer here. And you can also sign up to win the barbecue package, which is meat. It's a projector screen. Bluetooth speaker. It's a Bluetooth speaker. A grill. Grill. And I think some couple other things. A lot of things to sign up for in the last month at MadCitySportsZone.com. The only thing you're not going to get with the grill thing is uh, Rowdy and I coming to grill it for you. That, that'll, that'll actually cost you. Everything else is free. But if you want us to show up with, uh, you know, kiss me, I'm a chef, apron, and uh, throw down on the grill for you, that'll cost you a little extra. Yeah, or if you wanted to show up to help you taste test the meat. Yeah, we could. I mean, more than more than welcome. I'll to. do. That. I'll do that for free if you want me to come taste test that uh, with you, Rowdy. I think you did that for free too. You just gotta give us some meat. All right, Rowdy. Milwaukee Brewers. There is a certain individual. Opposite of the Brewers tonight for the Cincinnati Reds. This cat hit how many home runs on Sunday? Yeah, so Jesse Winker. Brewers know him quite well from earlier this year where he had a three-home run game. Mm. He had a three-home run game on Sunday against the Cardinals, which basically single-handedly won the game for the Cincinnati Reds, where he had three home runs, six RBIs. Six RBIs. And the Reds came back to beat the Cardinals 8-7, to seven, and obviously his home run at the end was the one that was the go-ahead so, home run. Rowdy, this guy is a hot bat right now. Who's on the mound for the Brewers tonight? Yeah, it's Adrian Hauser. Now, Jesse Winker, in his last 14 games, has nine home runs. <laughs> It's pretty good. And then when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers and they got the a lot Cincinnati of home runs. Reds. Hey, the Brewers got a lot of home runs these past couple games. Brewers are starting to hit their home run in bunches. It's a it's a good uh, cycle currently for the Milwaukee Brewers. But Adrian Hauser's been a pretty good pitcher. I think you can say he's probably been their, mo- their fourth most can, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's Corbin Burns, yeah. Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. But it's pretty tough to get in, crack that top three. He's, you could say he's arguably been the fourth most consistent pitcher on the team, but has been actually quite good as well. Yeah. Jesse Winker, statistics against Adrian Hauser in his career. He's had 13 at-bats, eight of them hits. Five of them home runs. He's hitting 615. Should we be worried that some uh, baseballs might be flying out of uh, Great American Ballpark tonight? Well, how's he do against Adrian Hauser? Eight of 13 with five home runs. So that was the stat line against Adrian <laughs> And he's got nine home runs in his last 14 games. Yeah, uh, Jesse Winker's stat line against the Cardinals. I, I know we already read it, but four at-bats, three home runs, one walk, six RBIs. Now, if they can, if Adrian Hauser and the pitching staff can control Jesse Winker and not let him go bananas out there, yes, the the Reds hit the baseball well. They score runs at a decent clip, but it's not necessarily the guys you think of when you think of the Reds. No. Suarez is having a terrible year. Joey Votto wasn't having a great year and hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's Jesse Winker. And Nick Castellanos, who Nicholas Castellanos, he was with the Cubs for a second, was with the Tigers the majority of He's his career. He's an outfielder, right? Yep. He, those are the two guys that have been carrying this Reds team, and obviously, there's some other guys that have played a role for him to be this consistent. But if the Brewers bats can somewhat hit the baseball in that little tiny stadium that is Great American Ballpark, <laughs> and, and they can somewhat limit Winker and uh, Castellanos. You got to figure the, uh, the the Brewers are going to have the inside track because that Reds bullpen is so freaking bad. bad. They are officially the worst bullpen in baseball when it comes to ERA. No, we're in the Razor's Edge, which is upcoming. Our sports gambling stuff, where Rowdy, you know, gives you a, or tries to give you a, a winning bet. We're always striving to have, uh, you know, coming out in the in the black, get some green in our wallets. But Rowdy, if I remember correctly, the last time the Brewers played the Reds, or actually just the last time you were betting. I think against the Reds, it was because of how bad their bullpen was, correct? Yeah. I mean, and we ended up making money off the Reds because of it. When you have a team bullpen ERA just under six, that's brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Th- you said they're the worst in the majors, right? They are the worst in the majors. <laughs> Where are the Brewers at, by the way, in their bullpen? Brewers are still bottom 10. Oh, God. They're, they're, they're right on that uh, 10 line. They're, oh, they're consistently somewhere between bottom 12 to bottom 8. All right, here's what we're going to do. Speaking of, but Cincinnati doesn't have the same type of starting pitching either that no, the no, Milwaukee no, Brewers no, have gotten. No, 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 and no. Sonny Gray's on the mound tonight for the Reds. No, whenever he's on the mound, they never hit the ball. They can never score runs. He's like the Brandon Woodruff for the Reds. And when Adrian Hauser's on the mound, the Brewers have a lot more run support than if like Corbin Burns or Woody were on the mound, right? Yeah, I believe he. I think he's second in line for run support behind Freddie Peralta. Peralta. All right, Rowdy, Brewers tonight. Brewers are on. Broadcast starts at 5.35. First pitch is at 6.10. You can hear all of the action on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. W-O-Z-N. And here's the thing. You asked what this will – how will Adrian Hauser v. who do? Sonny Gray. No, no, no. I'm, I'm Adrian oh. Hauser when he's pitching the ball. Uh, yeah, Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker. How many home runs does he have right now in the past X amount yeah, of games? Yeah, the, the last two weeks he's got nine home runs, and in 13 at-bats he has eight hits against Hauser, five of them being home runs. Oof, <sighs> So When he plays the Brewers, he might be nicknamed Babe Winker. But here's the thing. When Sonny Gray, <laughs> when Sonny, <laughs> when Sonny Gray is on the mound, the Reds never get any hits, though. Sonny Gray at one point had the lowest amount of run support 
uh, right behind of Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, and then Woody had a couple games where he actually got a little bit of run support, so we'd have to go back and recheck that. But yeah, Sonny Gray's got to be right down there still. So Brewers are not Something's favored. Something's got to give, huh? Yeah, the Reds are favored in this game, but that's just because Brewers on the road, Sonny Gray's on the mound, right? And um, the Reds usually play the Brewers pretty good, correct? Especially, it seems anything? like, in Great American Ballpark. All right, so we'll see what happens tonight. Keston Hira down in the minors for the second stint. Keston Hira is too good for AAA. Not good enough right now for the majors. What are they going to do if Keston Hira, Rowdy? It's got to be between his ears, right? It's got to be. You know, I know he's got some family issues going on. I think his mom's battling cancer. So, our, you know, our thoughts go out to Keston Hira, his mom, and their family. But it's, it's all got to be mental for Keston Hira, right? We saw him tearing the ball, uh, the cover of the ball, what, when he came up? I know people have ripped apart his swing. And there is a bit of a hole in his swing, but that doesn't that doesn't account for how bad he's looked at the plate. Yeah, you're talking about oh he's got a little bit of a hole in his swing. You're talking about a guy that you know was projected at one point to be a guy that could hit over 300. Okay, maybe he's not a guy that's going to hit over 300, but it's not like 280s out of the question. And and the bigger thing when you say someone like that has a hole in their swing means that strikeouts are going to be up, which we've seen strikeouts are up for him. Doesn't mean he can't still hit the ball quite a bit. And he just hasn't done any of that. All right, let's go, Brew Crew. 6-10, first pitch, all the action right here in the zone. And all our affiliates out there, too, that carrying us. And I think uh, our guy Grassman up there in Sean Clintonville has the Brewers. It's our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. What's up? Good morning, guys. So you are in the car right now heading up to Titletown, yes? On your way to Green Bay for mandatory minicamp. Uh, mandatory for some, apparently. Yes, mandatory minicamp in Green Bay. The only requirement for any player in the offseason. It's the only thing they have to attend or they can be fined. So they have to fi- They have to attend, Zach. This is mandatory. Otherwise, you could find up the words of, what, $93,000? Yes, right around $93,000 you can be fined if you don't show up. Now, for somebody who you know has already forfeited $500,000 by not taking part in any offseason, $93,000 isn't that big a deal. So, um, And that person would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Did, you ever, did we ever find out whoever got the, the $23 million in cash matching out in Malibu between Danica and Rodgers? Did, someone, did, someone, did we ever find out who got that? I have not. Maybe we can get... Uh, I'll get a TMZ reporter on, all right? Yeah, I was going to say, or, you know, maybe we can get an intern and have them work on that. Well, I feel like this guy named Aaron Rodgers just throwing around money like it's nothing. But, Zach, do you think it's odd? <laughs> That they are are thinking of waiving the fine for Aaron Rodgers? No, they want to they, they want to keep that relationship as I mean, it's, it's cold <laughs> relationship. It's icy, right? Like you're trying to you're trying to keep it as warm as possible. You don't want to necessarily throw another ninety three thousand uh, dollars, you know, take away ninety three thousand dollars from him. Now, if he wants to if he wants to sit out, they'll uh, you know and retire or whatever it is. If he ends up not playing, they'll go hard after that money that. Uh, they gave him like the, but ninety three thousand dollars. She really gives a crap, you know. Ninety three thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean the guy you know, left half a million it. on the table, so I mean it's not worth it. It's like us, like me and Rowdy, just dropping a a, a quarter somewhere. Rowdy's like, whatever, dude. I buy yep. mansions and then break up with girlfriends and then you know whatever. It's all full good. disclosure. I still pick the quarter up. Yeah, I would too. Quarter coffee here at Woodstock. Hell yeah. I mean the coffee here tastes like ass, but I still drink it. Uh, what does that say about me? All right, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. His breath tastes like ass. <laughs> Zach, sorry, Zach, I didn't mean to bring you into this ass conversation. But nope, Zach, all good. 
Love ass. What? <laughs> Who doesn't? I love ass too. All right, Zach. So <laughs> when it comes to uh, the Packers, though, and the Rodgers situation, uh, what I mean, what are you thinking? What are you hearing? I, you know, he's not reporting. I don't think he's going to be at mandatory minicamp. If he is, I'm sure you'll jump on right with us immediately to tell us if he is. But is this relationship fixable? Like, what are you hearing with your Big J brethren? Are you hearing anything different than we're hearing that they're just still at odds? I mean, it's obviously they're they're still at odds. They, like I, I just don't know what's going to change other than time, right? Because or you know what's going to heal this other than time? Because they've been trying to do this. They've been working on this all off season. They've been working, you know, really since January when they first approached him about restructuring his contract as opposed to getting him a new contract. Uh, I don't like. I don't know what's going to. I don't know what is going to fix the situation that they haven't already. Not done. finding him ninety three thousand dollars will fix it. It's it's one thing that's not going to uh, incite it anymore. I think we can say <laughs> that. Um, but I, it's, it's not going to fix it. The only thing that's going to fix it is them holding firm and saying we're not going to trade you, and if you're not going to play for us, then you're not going to play for anybody else. And will that be enough for him to come back in? Now, I think we all know that Aaron Rodgers is hard-headed and stubborn and uh, everything like that, so I, I don't know if, if that stance is going to make him want to come in. But, again, I mean, at some point he has to uh, either I'm playing with these guys or I'm not playing at all, and I, I don't know if he's willing to walk away and – crap on the people that he loves. And essentially, he said he loves his teammates, he loves his coaches, he loves, loves the fans. Is, is that not enough for him to come back and play one more season? I don't know if that's the case or not. And Look, the Packers have said that they're going to are willing, they've reported, reportedly willing to give him a, a contract extension. It's not what he wants. I don't, I, again, I just don't know what else they can do to, to fix this situation other than you know, get rid of everybody in the front office, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Mark Murphy, I was reading his uh, Murphy Take 5 on Packers.com. What an Ooh, eye roll. You, there was some yeah, of the, you, you loved it. Dude, there there was two, there was one email in there that I swear to God was a Mark Murphy burner account, just patting his own back and telling him how great he was. But in it, you know, they're talking about how, were you, yeah. Were you Dwayne? Were you the guy, the Dwayne guy? Dwayne who said, like, hey, Mark, you're an idiot? <laughs> yeah, that was probably you. Dwayne, that, Dwayne that sounds like my spirit animal. Account. Dwayne's my spirit yeah. animal. I don't have a burner account anymore, Zach. Uh, my one I did have, uh, Twitter, like, banned me from it. I got a little too spicy on the uh, World Wide Web. So my uh, my burner got banned. I don't have a burner anymore. But, Zach, no, Dwayne was not me. But there was another one, a guy asking about, you know, uh, saying how great of a job Ryan Kudukunsa did. And uh, Jordan Love, like what his uh, progress is like. I know you've been, uh, checking in on a couple and been a couple of part of the Packers pressers. There's really no really verdict on Jordan Love, right? I mean, all you saw was him basically just walking around with a practice jersey on last time we were up there. Yeah. No, he's been throwing like he, but it again, it's it's so hard to tell in these practices because for the first these these two OTA practices and and obviously the ones that were behind closed doors. None of the starting wide receivers were there. None of the top five wide receivers were there. Uh, so, and going against most of the first team defense, because most of the first team defense actually showed up outside of Jair Alexander. So, I don't know. It was a it was a good um, a gauge of where he is. Maybe we'll get a little better look today as Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard, all those guys are expected to be here today. So, maybe we'll get a little bit better. What I what I noticed, and it's extremely unfair, but there's a lot of checkdowns, a lot of uh, a lot of short passes, not a lot of things being pushed down the field. But again, that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers was able to do, and what made it go last year was taking what the defense gives you. And 
you know, those the practices that I've seen with Jordan Love, that was kind of what he was doing. Um, so we'll see what it looks like today with a little bit more experience in the receiving core than throwing to Bailey Gaither um, and company, <laughs> you know, against uh, going against some, you know, some guys that are part of a defense that could be pretty good this year. Yeah, Zach Heilpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, love this man, full disclosure. Zach, let's, you know, check downs when it comes to passing, usually in the arsenal of a Wisconsin quarterback. Uh, but Graham Mertz, you know, Mertz mania, well, running wild uh, a little bit last year. But did I see this correctly? The home-and-home, uh, wink-wink home, series between Notre Dame and Wisconsin uh, obviously got canceled last year, the one at Lambeau, because of uh, this thing called COVID-19. Not sure if you ever heard of it. But, Zach, 2026? We have to wait five more years? Yeah, I, I, it's my understanding that Wisconsin was pushing for it to happen uh, in the next year or two, and it just wasn't going to work out uh, for Notre Dame's schedule, so they settled on 2026. Uh, Graham Mertz will not be there in 2026. Yeah, yeah. So he's unfortunately he won't get to play at Lambeau Field, but maybe Miles Burkett will, the the uh, 2022 quarterback that's coming in next fall. Yeah, it's, look, I, the experience between LSU and Wisconsin in 2016 was awesome. I think it was awesome for both fan bases. So the the ability to do this with Notre Dame, no matter when it gets done, is going to be awesome. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it's not a little bit sooner than 2026. <laughs> well, what's what's the one, is it Virginia Tech, the one that keeps getting pushed back? It's like, <laughs> what's the yeah. stat on Virginia Tech? If, like, you were born the day it was announced, you'd be, like, 22 years old now? Uh, Not now. When the game is first to be, when the, the next game oh, is when it, when it actually happens? Yes. Yeah, it was, ah. it's like, yes. It, it, you could be in college by the time, or you'd be, like, a senior in college by the time the first game actually happens. Or something like that. I, I remember working it out. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I think the first game was supposed to be played in 2008. And uh, it's now like scheduled for later this century. Or, excuse me, later, uh, later this century. Later this decade. I, I can't remember the exact date. Did they have anything scheduled out for like 2050 yet? Because, my God, Jesus. No. But uh, UCLA, I think, like, I think like UCLA is like 2031 and 2032. <laughs> Yeah, didn't they just – I thought there was one that they had that was just like mid-2030s. I think I think it's the UCLA one. I think it's 2031 and 2032. My God. Hey, 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 Chris McIntosh, hopefully he's still around, right, scheduling games in the future. But I was looking fingers, at – Fingers crossed, right? If he is, if things are going well. Yeah, then this is a good sign. I was looking at your Twitter account at Zach Heilprin. It says Wisconsin is currently scheduled non-conference games. I can't believe we're looking all the way out to 2026. Mm-hmm. But September 5th is that Notre Dame at Lambeau. Then September 12th, Western Illinois. What a juggernaut. Leathernecks. Yeah. Leathernecks. And then September 19th, Pitt. Will Paul Chris still be coaching then? If, if, if things are going well, yes, he will be. Or maybe he wants. Maybe he doesn't want to coach for his entire life. I, I find that hard to believe that he doesn't want to keep coaching for a long time. But uh, maybe he doesn't. But, hey, if he's not, Jim Leonard, head coach of Wisconsin. Oh, baby. Speak it into existence. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate you saying that, Zach. We appreciate the opportunity yeah. for you saying that here on Ooh. the show. Hey, mm-hmm. Zach, I got to pick your brain a little bit about right here. I'm a, we were in kind of a tough spot this morning. Uh, I've yelled a lot. I've said some naughty words. I've maybe, I don't know, I offended a couple people. I don't really care if I do that or not. And it's all over this team called the Milwaukee Bucks. What yeah. the, in the F happened last night? <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a big wide open, uh, that's a big, just, wide open they, question. They, they suffered the second-worst loss in playoff postseason history for them. Uh, playoff postseason, that's there you go, Zach. Uh, worst, second worst playoff loss in uh, franchise history. I hit the dumb button 30, for you on that, so no one points. heard it. Okay. 
Yeah, the the pre, the previous was I think it was fifty four when they lost to Chicago in twenty fifteen when they got locked knocked out. Again, it's uh, they're not shooting the ball very well, right? I mean, they're they're shooting at twenty five percent from three. They're one of the best three point shooting teams in the league. They're not shooting it well from deep, and uh, they can't stop uh, Kevin Durant. So there's there's a bit of an issue. Um, you know, just a bit. Here's here's the thing. It, if they come back and win on Thursday, the last game won't matter. Like none of those those games don't matter at this point. You know, New York, New uh, Brooklyn was supposed to win both of those games. They're the home team. They're supposed to win both of them. Milwaukee can come back, play a little bit better at home. They'll play in front of a full five star forum on uh, on Thursday night. See what happens. Okay, let me ask two you. O, let me ask two, you a question. Two O leads, leads have disappeared. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, it no, happened. I don't. It happened as recently as uh, two years ago, or uh, yeah, two years ago, yeah. when yeah. Uh, Milwaukee crushed Toronto in Game Two of their series, and Toronto went on and won the next four. Now, obviously, it's, it's a different situation with the team that uh, New, uh, that Brooklyn has, but it, it's happened before. It's not unrealistic, I think. Didn't it just happen, just like this postseason, with the Clippers coming back and beating the Mavs? Oh, Kawhi. Yeah, no, but what I'm well, what I'm saying is two zero. In terms of Milwaukee, like it's it, you're trying to hope springs eternal for Zach. Well, I was just making the the, the comparison there that um, both teams that were able to do that had a proven superstar that could score from all points of the court and play defense. Are you trying to say that Giannis is not that? Yes, I'm more on the vibe so of uh, Chris Middleton. So you're saying Giannis can't play defense? I didn't say that. He can't score from anywhere on the court. Okay, you're right. No, that's that's accurate. That's accurate. But it also takes – it took more than Kawhi Leonard to, to win those games. It took – wasn't it uh, Fred Van Vliet that had a just an insane – I brought him up earlier period? today, Zach. I had to go – and then I had to go, like, gouge my ear uh, my eardrums out with the Q-tips when I said it. That was the playoff yeah. year that got him paid. Yeah, and so, again, it's a situation where it's not going to be just one guy for Milwaukee. It, Chris Middleton can't start 0 for 8. Oof, um, that's tough. And uh, – Right, and, and there's no he, the, the he, thing that makes it the worst. Sorry to interrupt. Is that James Harden only played two minutes in Game One? That's it. They still have two of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. Like they still have two. I mean, that Durant is better than Giannis, right? And Kyrie is is up there in the top ten of players in the NBA. So they have two of the top ten players in the NBA still. And it playoff series usually come down to um, if you have the best player, and, and Brooklyn has the best player. I just, I just, I don't know about that that guy named Mike Budenholzer anymore, Zach. I don't know that Chris Middleton what's he guy. To do? Like, what's he well, Zach, to do? there was a point make, in the game. Shoot threes, well, there's a shoot threes there's a point better? in the game where Mike Budenholzer had the Bucks running a two-three zone defense against one of the best, if not the best, shooting team in the league in the Brooklyn Nets. Because what else wasn't working? No, I mean nothing. None, nothing was working. I mean, like people people kill him for not making adjustments, which he never he does. Makes an adjustment, it didn't work out. And uh, he gets killed anyways. Like that's the thing. Like his the whole thing about the playoffs with him is always oh, he doesn't make adjustments. Doesn't get makes an adjustment. Doesn't work. Still gets killed. So again, you have to you have to put you have to bury that one. Am I talking to Mike Boonholzer? Is this Boonholzer? Did Boonholzer pay you to say this? I applaud him for actually making an adjustment for the first time going to the two three zone. But if he wants to go all in on his own, why isn't he just going one three one? Or if Zach, <laughs> even better, if he wants to go in on the zone, how about he calls in to ninety six seven FM sixteen seventy AM and explains mm. himself? How about mm. full court mm. full court press all game? 
I'll say this right now. If this is not, if they go out and uh, get blown out these next two games or these lose these next two games or even losing five, we have seen the end of my boot holes are at. Yeah, block. has to, has to be. Zach, yeah. it's coming to the time where it's my least favorite part of my segment when I talk to you is it saying mm. my goodbyes. All right. Uh, That's kind of my my favorite time, but uh, hey, it either, it, it, it works. It, ugh, I just, ugh. You're like the sunshine of my dark and dreary life. Hey, I got Led Zeppelin trampled underfoot playing, and in I know you're not a big like uh, music guy, but in it they say talking about love. Nice. Tomorrow let's talk about some Jordan Love, okay? Can't wait. See you, buddy. Have fun up at the Packers mandatory minicamp. Bye bye. You pipe on me. You pipe on me.